0: In case you're wondering what the name of the book was uh, that inspired that song, it's called Dark Clouds, Deep Mercy by Mark Rogop, And it was on the bookshelf at one point. Um, but if you are interested, just let me know. So then, let's open our time in prayer. And we will consider uh, another I am statement. So let's pray. Father, thank you for the words that we have uh, just sung together. Uh, Part of the hope of the time that we spend here together every other Wednesday is that we would place our trust in you. God, we are just so thankful that we can come before You, that we can make our requests known to You, and that we can hear testimony of how You answer our prayers. Uh, and all of those things uh, work together to to help us trust You more. And we pray that that would indeed be the result of our time together this evening, that you would speak through your word, that you would help us to hear and to understand, uh, to know more of who you are, and even to love you more because of the time that we spend here this evening. We do just pray and ask that you would help us to set our eyes on you, uh, even though there may be times where we say, I don't know where we're going, but our eyes are fixed on the Lord. We're just thankful for this time and pray that you'd be glorified in it. And we pray all of this in the name of Jesus, with great thanksgiving. Amen. So we come this evening to the fifth of seven of the I Am Statements. And in this statement this evening, I am the resurrection and the life, we see another claim that Jesus makes about Himself. But these statements are more than just claims, as Jesus backs them up with action. Jesus does not simply talk about who He is, He shows us who He is by what He does, Think about some of the I Am statements that we've looked at thus far. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. This connected to Moses in the wilderness, but unlike Moses, who can only give bread, Jesus is the bread. And so this means that Jesus sustains more than just physically, He also sustains spiritually. He is the source of spiritual life. Or when Jesus says, I am the light of the world. When He says this, He's not saying that He's merely reflecting the light that comes from another source, He's saying He is the source. And so this goes to show us that Jesus is utterly unique. And what is it that makes Jesus utterly unique? He's God. And so Jesus, using the phrase, I am, is intentional. Because by, by so doing, he's, he's taking the divine name upon Himself. Because remember, in Exodus 3.15, God reveals Himself to Moses as, I am who I am. And so in these seven statements in the Gospel of John where Jesus says, I am, fill in the blank. He's claiming to be God. And it's not just a claim. It's the truth. Because Jesus is God. And He says, I am. His claims are not empty because He goes on to prove that He is in fact God. And I think that's exactly what we see in the fifth I Am statement as we look at it this evening when Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. So if you have a Bible, you can turn with me to John chapter 11. We will consider verses 17 to 27. It's John chapter 11, verses 17 to 27. Whoever believes in Me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in Me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to Him, Yes, Lord, I believe that You are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into the world. Now keep in mind, that as we have just read this passage, If we were to continue, we would see that Jesus does, in fact, go on to raise Lazarus from the dead. And remember, that's the point of what Jesus is saying in the I Am statements. He makes the claim and then backs it up. For instance, again, he feeds the 5,000. Just after that, he says, I am the bread of life. Here, he says, I am the resurrection and the life. And He goes on to raise Lazarus from the dead. Jesus backs up His words and shows that what He says in Revelation 1.18 is true. He says, I have the keys of death and Hades. That is, He is in control of them. He also shows that He is the fulfillment of Isaiah 26.19 which says, Our dead shall live. Their bodies shall rise. You who dwell in the dust, awake and sing for joy. For your dew is a dew of light, and the earth will give birth to the dead. Jesus is the One who makes that come true. And He proves it by raising Lazarus to life. But He also connects to the Old Testament in another way, there's more than just the fulfillment of that prophecy from Isaiah. Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. It's clear what the resurrection is, but what about the life? I think this connects back to creation. And being that Jesus is God, He is saying that He is the Creator and Life-Giver. We know and, and still feel the effects Of Adam's choice when he chose to sin. Adam's sin brought about death and brokenness. But Jesus comes as the last Adam who is blameless in all his ways and undoes all of what Adam did by reversing the curse that Adam brought into this world through sin. As one pastor says, where Adam brought about death and decay, Jesus gives life and restoration. He continues, while many of the Jews wanted things from Jesus without having to receive and believe in Jesus, the offer offer of Jesus is Himself. He doesn't give bread and allow people to reject submission and belief to Him nor does He offer to give life apart from that life being found in Him. These are free and gracious gifts. And they come only in and through Jesus. He is the resurrection and the life. He is the last Adam bringing resurrection and life where the first Adam offered us only death. When Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life, what He's saying is that He is the source of both. As Paul notes in 1 Corinthians 15, because Jesus rose, we too will rise. Without this resurrection of Jesus, we would have no resurrection. But by His rising again to life, He becomes the source of of what He here promises to us. And because of His resurrection, He lives evermore and is the source of our eternal life. As the One who defeated death by rising to life, He shows that He is life because He is God. And so as such, death has no power over Him as He is the source of both life and eternal life, what we need to learn, what we need to know from this text is that we will find our life and our eternal life in Him alone when we place our faith in Him. Placing our faith in Him allows us to share in His victory over death and makes us partakers of the promise of the resurrection knowing that we too will rise. And what a promise to look forward to. But how easy is it for us to forget that promise? Consider the statement of Martha. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, Your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. You see, Martha thought that it was too late to help Lazarus. He's already dead. But this is no consideration for the One who is the resurrection and the life. Again, this claim of Jesus is not empty because He goes on to do what He says. He raises Lazarus to life. In John 11.43 it says, when He had said these things, He cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out! And what happens? This man who was four days dead gets up and walks out. The people who are there watching this take place are so dumbfounded that Jesus has to tell them, unbind Him. That's that's always been one of my favorite parts of of this account. Lazarus raises to life. He walks out of the grave, still wrapped in his grave clothes. And the people are just sitting there like, what is going on? And Jesus says, well, unbind him. He's alive. And what Jesus shows in this is that he is stronger than death because he is life itself. And for any who are in Christ, this is true of you as well, that death does not get the last word. Jesus does. And he lives Forevermore. And because He lives, we will too. And so this this resurrection is not merely an event or some sort of abstract idea. The resurrection is a person. The Lord Jesus. And any who would put their trust in Him will have what He has and what He promises. This passage closes with an amazing example of what this trust looks like. Jesus asks Martha if she believes what he has just claimed. May her response be our response. She says, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ. The Son of God who is coming into the world. The Lord Jesus is the promised Messiah. The Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. The victoriously risen One. The Son of God. The One who came to this earth and emptied Himself to the point of death so that we could be forgiven And so that we could find the promise of eternal life in Him. So may we say, yes, Lord, I believe that You are the Christ, the Son of God who is coming into the world. As we move to a time of prayer, just a refresher on how we are going to go about it. I'll ask for a request and we will immediately pray for it uh, right then and there. As you ask for prayer, uh, feel free to share with us whatever you might want us to be praying for. Give us only the details we need, and then let us pray for you. Uh, pray, pray however you might be prompted to pray, and, and keep in mind that God will not hear you for your many words. My hope in in our time together is that we're able to take the requests that, that we share here this evening and spend more time throughout the weeks to come praying for these things and praying for one another. If you are uncomfortable praying out loud, that's okay. But also if I I mean I could even just encourage you, step out of your comfort zone a little bit. Because it will be an encouragement to us to hear you pray for a brother or sister in Christ. I have a list of things that we should be regularly praying for as well and can interject to them throughout the night if and when there is silence. But there is much we can and should be praying about as a body. So let me pray before we do that. Father, we're so thankful for Your Word. We're so thankful for the work of the Lord Jesus Christ on our behalf. The promised Messiah. The the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. We're thankful that He is victoriously risen. And we ask God that You would keep our sights set on Him. Because only in Him will we find what He promises. So help us to be faithful until we experience... All that He has promised to us in the resurrection that is to come and and the eternal life where we will spend eternity in the physical presence of our risen Savior. We look forward to that day, but may we be found faithful until that day comes. Be with us as we pray for one another. May we be encouraged and may we come boldly before your throne because of our great high priest who indeed is interceding for us. We pray all of this in His name. Amen.